Today we're going to talk about what it's like to start a business after 50. Well, Mom, what is that like? (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of women, especially, who have had their primary job be raising children, when the children, and even if you have another career as well, your primary job, if you're a mother, is still raising the children. So, I was listening to a podcast this morning, and a woman was talking about how she was in China, and the school nurse called her and said, your child has chicken pox. And she had to figure out how to get her child to the doctor from China. So, you know, you're a mom first. It doesn't matter what you what else you do in the world. It usually boils down to that. But when the children leave, and if you are married, many times your husband or significant other is still in the same career, and there's a lot of alone time and trying to figure out how you're going to... I don't like it when people say, how will you reinvent yourself? But I do like how will you how will you find your way going forward in a fulfilling way. I wanted to do something that made me feel good, not just go, you know, I, I thought, well, I'll get a job at a bookshop because I love to read. But there are not that many bookstores left except for the mega bookstores. And then everything I thought about, I'll take cooking lessons. I'll do this. I'll garden more. You know, all of these things. And I could do a little bit of that, but they were okay. But not not like, you know, I, it didn't get me excited to get out of bed in the morning and everything. And in the meantime, you had moved to New York and you were in the fashion world and doing all of these incredible things, meeting all these interesting people. And I thought, I want to have something like that too. And why not? I mean, I've got the time now and... I need to figure it out, and I need to just go for it. So that's what I did. When we were preparing for my interviews, for my internships and jobs, that also maybe helped. Well, that helped me figure out. So after college, I went to graduate school for advertising, and I decided I was going to write my thesis on the history of fashion in advertising. However, especially I believe in my generation, when you put yourself first when you talked about anything that had to do with yourself beauty or certainly clothes anything like that that was considered very vain certainly we would have never done any selfies or anything like that in my generation so it was going against the grain to think I'm going to concentrate on myself and play I thought I really need to find some way to do something in this field. Before Delia was born, I taught first grade, and then after she was born, I was a kindergarten teacher. That brought me so much joy, and I loved nothing better than teaching these little minds and watching them get so excited when they learned new things. But when I was older, I thought, that's not something I want to go back to do. But I do want to continue teaching. So it all came together when I went to FIT and found out about the certification process. So that's how I decided what I was going to do and how I got the knowledge to do it successfully. And then getting back to the subject of starting at 50, the good thing is you have more time and you're not burnt out. I think a lot of people, especially in the fashion industry, they just get 
overworked, tired of the rat race. But when you do what I do, you are in the fashion industry, but you're also in a different aspect of it where you're actually working with women who are not in the fashion industry, who, who don't, that's not their main interest or passion is fashion, but they are passionate about a lot of things in life. They're women of substance. They want to dress for their personality. They want to feel good about themselves. They want to feel strong and brave in certain situations. And I take care of all of that for them. Together we solve these puzzles. So for me, after 50, starting a career was the perfect time because I wasn't trying to get home to little kids. And I have just really enjoyed being able to do this. And it most definitely keeps you young. It's just an interesting feeling when you are in the thick of things and you are running a business and some people are not I think they're at a different stage of life almost I feel like when I stop working that's when I will feel older yeah and also you don't have to stop working because take Iris Apple she's living a pretty fabulous life at 90, 90 plus right that's very true especially now most people are living longer and so if they retire at a certain age they have 30 more years. I remember, I think it was Deanna Vreeland who, when she left Vogue at 72, she said, well, what am I supposed to do now? I'm only 72. That's the way I feel too. I would encourage anybody that has something bubbling up inside of them that they really, really, really feel strongly about, go ahead and do it. Take the chance. Take the risk. You know, at least you would never say, oh, I should have tried that. I should have, I should have gone with it. Yeah. So... You only have one life to live. Life is short. We're giving you permission to do whatever it is that you can't, you feel like you can't say to somebody. That's right. You can't say it. You can't do it. Delia taught me that instead (laughs) of, I couldn't do that. She's always returning that with, I don't understand. Why can't you? (laughs) Which made me think, well, hmm, maybe I can. And so I did. And I really do thank you for that. I think it's really interesting in today's landscape and I guess maybe it wasn't always this way, maybe it was, that people take all of their experience and then it kind of evolves. So like you, you took your teaching Mm -hmm. and then your love of fashion and now that's become the styling aspect or like Jeffrey Levinson, he took his, mm-hmm. he was had science, finance, and luxury car background and then that created his fabulous bags. And so of course, hindsight, you can always understand that, but when you're going along in your career, you never really understand you're capturing right. all of this different experience that then evolves into this really fabulous thing that you're super passionate about. Or if you're a lawyer and then you don't want to work in the corporate law world, which seems really crazy and insane, then you can <laughs> leave and you could work with an entrepreneur. Or if you love music, you can work with creatives, musicians, mm-hmm. or whatever. Whatever it is, you're kind of taking taking your experience that you've had and then you're finding a way to pivot in a way that you're super passionate about. Right. And so when I was in college and I majored first in advertising, got a degree in that, and then I went back and got my early education degree. I loved advertising and PR. I was fascinated by all of that, but I also had a hard time selling things. Like I I didn't want to trick I felt like I was tricking people into how can we create this ad so that people will buy our product. Even if I believed in the product, I still felt, I just had a hard time with that, asking people for things. But now, when I work with brands and I want people to know about them, I'm using those basic skills and helping people at the same time. It's fascinating how sometimes things all come together. 
I know, you really have to keep an eye out, though, so that you're making sure that you pay attention and you're connecting the dots, yeah. everyone. Don't forget that. That's right. When <laughs> something happens, take it as a sign, for sure. What are some things you did not expect about starting a business? Hmm, starting my business when I was a style consultant by myself, when I was just Alison Brain Style Consulting, I didn't expect it to take off like it did, and I really realized then... We're pioneers. We're out there. Who's we? Women. All ages, I think. But really and truly. Because Mm -hmm. some of my younger clients, they might be 32, and they're like, can I still wear blue jean cutoffs? I'm a mom of two. You know, no one really knows now because everything's become more casual. So even men, sometimes casual Fridays at work, they're like, what does that mean? I'm a partner in a law firm or whatever. A while back, my mother gave me a dress, and I said, that looks a little matronly and she said but you are a matron now honey you know you have you're married you have children but I thought I don't know that I'm ever going to be a matron you know I don't know how many matrons there will be going forward because it's it's just a different time in the world so I'm helping women navigate based on your personality and everything sometimes I'm helping women relax out of that uptight sort of stereotypical view that they feel like they are supposed to be dressing like And that's really fun to me, too. Sometimes the older you get, you're wearing the same things, but they become frumpy where they weren't when you were younger, and you need to change that up a little bit. Did you give them my tips to relax, how I'm learning to relax? You are learning to relax. You are learning to relax, but you are still... Still struggling. Yes. <laughs> you are still struggling, but you but it, but it's okay. It's not like to a level where anyone needs to be alarmed or anything like that. You're just you have ambition and drive, which is great. And you also have a busy mind like I do, so it's hard to sit still and sort of not think about anything. Or spend a day that isn't goal oriented. Like on Saturday mornings when Mitch and I wake up, I'm like, So what's your plan today? And he says, well, it's Saturday, so I'm probably going to drink my coffee and maybe watch the news, maybe do a workout. And I have to just tell myself, I'll check back in with him at 10 when he's done all this and try not to bother him. Yeah. One thing about growing up in the South, I always thought that that was my lifelong dream was to get married and have children. And that was it. And I was going to be a mother. Once you leave the workforce, then you're not in it anymore. You're just in kid land or whatever. And whenever you go out to an event or you go to dinner with people, you're not able to participate in the conversations necessarily. And I feel like the husbands, a lot of times in the past, would just, if you tried to speak up, they were like, no, no, you know, don't answer this. I'll take this one or whatever. Yeah, that was traditional in the past, especially in the South. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's really important now because if you leave, then you, you don't learn the latest Excel version or whatever. So, like, even if you leave the workforce for a certain five years, I mean, things... They do. They do. And I was gone from it for a long time. And that's another reason besides my age that the technology is such a point of contention for me. But there are plenty of people who don't want to be working outside of the home. I think you work even harder. It's definitely 24-7. It's just a different thing. And those people, I heard another person on a podcast recently saying that that was, this is a woman that has run several companies and the person who was interviewing her asked her what her daughter did. And she said her daughter is a mom. And she is the best mom ever. And she told her mother, I know you gave me a great education, and I'm going to use it as I parent my children. That's what gives her joy. 
I, as someone who stayed at home and who is now working, I very much know how much goes into being a mom, too. Either if you're full-time or not. Right. I mean, you have to have help somewhere. Yeah. But the technology thing, it's not that you, because you weren't working, it's, I think, even the people that were working probably struggle with it, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless you were, like, working in the 80s and you had a computer and then you were able to figure it out and just, as the technology developed, you just kept using it and learning it. But, mm -hmm. And I think, too, certain brains, like, I'm more creative, artistic, the right side of the brain or the left side, whatever that is, numbers and science were not my thing ever. Obviously, I have no sense of direction, maps, you know, anything like that. My brain just that just doesn't connect. And so understanding about things that just seems so, so far out of my comfort zone. But the problem is, like, you teach me all these great little tricks. You know, if you click, if you put your finger on this and this, <laughs> then that'll do something. And and I think that's so great. But how will I ever remember that? What did you you did something today where you command shift? What, and what did that do? It like it like alternates between the like if you're two pages writing. Yeah, I mean that's so important. I know. Yeah, you just have to practice it, and then you say, "I say, well, you'll write it down. Well, you'll never be able to find the note again. So I don't know how you're going to remember it." Right, and I had a file too. Like I would write it down physically with a pen, and I kept it in a file. But now that's so big. I mean, like, how do you scroll or not even scroll? Go through the pages to find one that says. How to go back and forth between two pages. Hold down the command shift key. I mean, you know. I know. I know. And I always Maybe say, I'll try Siri. Maybe I can say to Siri. Can you say to Siri, I want to FaceTime Delia? Yes, of course. But it takes me forever to figure out how to FaceTime. You just say, hey, Siri, FaceTime Delia. Okay. I'm going to try that. Oh, I know the other thing I was teaching you was that if you, you can copy something on your iPhone and then you can paste it no. on your computer. You cannot. Yes, you can. You, I showed you that. No, you did not show me that. I literally showed you that yesterday. You're kidding me. That's I said it and you were like, oh. mind blown. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> That's sad that I don't even remember the conversation. I guess I just told my little brain, Blocked don't listen, out. don't listen. It's too difficult. <laughs> All right, I need a little technology assistant that walks around right next to me and I can say, do this, do that, do this. Well, BB, you started a business after 50. What I else know. do you have to say to the peeps? What have you learned about running a business? You certainly never thought that would happen, right? What are no, these? I didn't, but it's a funny thing. It's like having another child. You're very protective of it and you work really, really hard because it's yours and you want to do the best job you can and... All of that, you know, is so important. It's it's great. It's like having a baby at 50. I don't know how to describe it, but I definitely think it's something that people should do. I don't sit around and think, how oh, my neck hurts, my back hurts. I probably should you, be... You do think my neck hurts. Well, my neck does hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to try acupuncture, and I know what I really need to do is get back to Pilates. Absolutely. I let it go. Now I'm out of whack. And what <laughs> insights do you have for our audience? If they want to start a business at 50 or some entrepreneur advice? If you want to start a business, I think, first of all, make sure that you have the time to put into it before it ever gets off the ground. Like, I took a year to take courses at FIT. I read up on everything I could about a lot of different aspects of what I do. 
from how to set up a business to what's the best way to figure out someone's colors. You know, whatever. Just soak it all up. Soak it all up. If you are in a crunch, it's not going to work because you are going to be panicked. You're not going to put the time in. I remember hearing, I think it was about maybe Rosetta Getty. It's either Gabriella Hurst or Rosetta Getty. It took years to learn about all the fabrics and sustainability, all the things that were going to go into her ready-to-wear designs before she ever started. So prepare yourself before you get started. Set yourself up for success whatever that looks like for you. Make sure that the people around you understand to please give you the time to pursue this. And that might be 24-7. I felt like I had given a lot of other people in my life a lot of time. And if I was ever going to get to do it, it was going to be now. Sometimes I think they, you know, they don't know what I'm doing half the time. Mitch says... Or you're just playing dress up with people, which of course you can imagine how that goes over with me. But he's just teasing me. He's very proud. What I do helps other people. And now he's really proud of the fact that we've come together. So all of those things, just my advice would be just to prepare yourself. But not too much. No, but make sure you have all the information. And also podcasts and things like that really are great. And any talks you can go to where you hear other people, how they set up their business. It's kind of like the first time, remember when we put together that bookshelf? Oh, my God. The first time you put together anything, first time you do anything that has steps involved, it takes hours. But once you learn, A, what not to do next time, and B, how to put it together in the first place, then it goes much quicker. You can skip some of those steps if you read and listen and see other people who have built businesses and soak in what they're telling you. And every time we do something, we always say, how did that go? Let's Mm -hmm. reevaluate. What do we want to do next time? What do we want to keep? And what do we want to definitely not do? Right. Exactly. That's important, too. That's very important. Don't just jump from place to place to place to thing to thing to thing. And what about meeting people where they are? Like a lot of times I'll say, make it more efficient. What if you did this? And you say, they don't read emails. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just take the way I, I react to something. Like something on Instagram, if they say, tag four people and screenshot. You know, with all these instructions, I, I just give up. I just I don't even know what that is. I don't have time for that. Same thing with if you're sending a barrage of emails, especially someone my age is going to just unsubscribe. It's just too stressful. Well, it's just know your audience. When you're yeah. running the business and you want to think about the target audience for this certain thing or I'm working with this certain person, how is it that they can receive information? That's really true. And what advice do you have for 50 plus people? Or what advice do you have for young people for interacting with 50 plus? Well, first of all, if you're a young person and you're working with someone over 50, you're going to have to keep pulling them back to the subject they started talking about, (laughs) which you've had to do several times in this podcast. (laughs) I know that time when I told you that I taught you how to use a spoon and I said, and it was difficult at times. And you said, I think you're being a little overdramatic, but I pictured sitting there, you were in your little seat and I'm trying to put the spoon in your hand and you would flip the peas all over the place. And it got all over you and all over your cute little smock dress or no, it was a little sweater thing that Tiff's mother had brought you back from Austria or something. It was so messy, and I had to be so patient because I didn't want to be mean to you. It was difficult, and I think that when you have to go back through these steps, teaching me how to do things on the computer, and I can't find this toolbar and things like that, (laughs) I guess the advice would be to take a deep breath and be as patient as you can 
either that or just say, I'm going to hang up now and I'm going to send you a text with four steps or I'm going to screenshot it or get on a FaceTime call together. But you've done a great job with being very patient with me. Wow. And it's so overwhelming. I guess the advice is just, I always say this about everything in life. I don't care if it's someone that you're driving behind and they're driving erratically or there's someone who has done something very bizarre. We really don't know what people are going through. We just really don't. If you can put yourself in somebody else's position, if I'm going to work with somebody and I know, let's say they've had breast cancer, then I know they can't raise their arms. So anything like a t-shirt, a soft t-shirt that you would think that might be a good thing for them to wear post-surgery. It's not. They can't get it on or off. It has to be something that buttons up. Someone said to me once in a store, I've watched other stylists shop for people and they pick out what they like, but you are picking out what you believe that person would want to wear. So I'm trying to put myself in their body. It's not, I would never want someone to get something and go, well, she taught me into it. It's not me, and I never wore it. That's something I never want any of my clients to say. That's the way I think that you should do it. It was a long time ago. There was a sermon at our church, Episcopal Church in Birmingham, that hit home with me. He was telling about uh, a story that he had read, I think, in the New York Times. And so it took place in New York City. It was a young dad with three kids. They were on the subway. He was not controlling the kids. They were jumping all over the place, driving everybody crazy. And the person across from him was judging him and just thinking, my goodness, he can't even take care of his own kids. Why doesn't he make them sit down? They're so out of control. This is really rude. And then when they was getting off at his stop, he looked at the guy and he said, I'm so sorry about my kids. We've just left the hospital. My wife is in the hospital on hospice. She has terminal cancer. And I know it is sad. It is a sad story, but it just teaches you. Don't cry, baby. It just teaches you. Be kind to everybody. Figure out where they're coming from before you're short with somebody. Take a breath. And thank you, Dilly, for sure, for being so patient with me. I just so many times try not to say, I can't find it. I don't know where it is. I try so hard to find it. And then after about 45 minutes, I think, well, this is ridiculous. I'm wasting so much time. I'm never going to get anything accomplished. That's when I come to you. Oh, the groceries are here. Oh, great. Go bust them. Well, the problem is that a lot of the times you don't even have the language. That's an understatement. (laughs) You don't even know, like when I am trying to walk you through something and I tell you what it is. You don't even know the word, the vocabulary that I'm using. Like toolbar. (laughs) That's right. I don't even know the words for what's happening on the screen of the laptop. You say, click on this something, and I don't know what that is. So then I get frustrated, and then I can't walk you through this because you don't even know what I'm telling you to do. Right, it's like you're giving me instructions in German, (laughs) basically. I always wonder, too, like, when you get to be my age, will you get to a point where you're struggling, too, and the young kids are frustrated with you? Or will it not be that for your generation because you're going to grow as the computers go along? You'll always be learning. Well, I'm frustrated now. Yeah, sometimes you you even tell me that. You say, sometimes this doesn't have to do with age because I don't understand things always either. Usually at least once a day. Wow. If you like what you heard, tell a friend about our show, subscribe to our podcast, 
us and also scroll to the bottom and give a rating and or a review. Those are the best ways for other people to find out about our podcast. See you next time. Bye.